Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today it is my great pleasure to speak with Gary Bertolini, Senior Vice President for Purdue Online and Learning Innovation, as well as Distinguished Professor of Engineering Technology and Computer and Information Technology at Purdue University. While serving as Dean, he co-founded the Polytechnic Institute and the Indiana Next Generation Manufacturing Competitiveness Center. The author of, and co-author of multiple textbooks in computer-aided design and engineering design graphics, Gary is principal investigator for an NSF grant in collaboration with the National Academy of Engineering and the American Society of Engineering Education to develop a curriculum framework for an innovative, adaptive, and inclusive engineering education model relevant to the 21st century. Gary is also the visionary leader for the Purdue Polytechnic High Schools, uh, located in Indianapolis and South Bend with more schools planned. Gary earned his doctorate in technology education at The Ohio State University and was on the faculty at the College of Engineering for three years before departing for Purdue University. Gary, welcome to the podcast and go Bucks. <laughs> yes, go Bucks. O-H. <laughs> I-O. Um, well, thank you, Kelly. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So it's good to talk to you. Uh, let's start with what may seem to be the most elementary of questions. How do you define engineering technology? Can't you start with a simpler question? <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a very difficult question, and there's a whole history behind it that I won't get delved too much into it, but um, it, it's actually kind of strange the way academics um, you know, have separated this and, and kind of don't recognize each other. And also our industry is actually confused. Um, and part of it's because a lot of people in industry go through a higher academic, or, you know, a degree program and they are already kind of been biased, although they don't know it. And so it, you have to go back to the Grinter Report, which is a report um, that really defined uh, modern day engineering education, okay? Um, the report that you mentioned in my bio is, is kind of a follow-on to that. We mentioned the Grinter Report. So we're kind of stuck in 1956 because that's when the report came out. And that report, and for all good reasons, they decided that they wanted to really professionalize engineering as a discipline. And, and so they started focusing more on the science of engineering. Um, and, and so... Um, at that point, there was a bifurcation that occurred, but the bifurcation only had one side of it that was actually recognized, okay? And that was engineering education that most people classically understand. Engineering education was left on its own to try and figure out the path forward. And, and over a period of time, and Purdue, by the way, was one of the very, very early uh, universities that uh, came up with engineering technology as mm -hmm. a four-year bachelor's degree program, primarily in mechanical and electrical is the way they started. And we've added other programs over the years, as well as others. Um, but when it comes right down to it, you have the classic engineering programs um, that really have a more what I would call an analytical and a theoretical approach to the engineering science and technical topics related to the engineering discipline, okay? They give much less emphasis to kind of the state-of-the-art technology and how you would apply those 
um, in, in an industrial setting. That's why in some cases, engineering technologists are actually more prepared for the world to work when they graduate than engineers are. Again, it's there's variations there, but in general, you can say some of that. Um, if you look at engineering technology, we really uh, emphasize to a greater degree the existing technologies, engineering and sciences, so that we can apply them immediately and deal with problems or actually implement the designs of, of an engineer, okay? So it's, it's more applied. If, if it were my choice, there would be engineering science and applied engineering. Mm-hmm. Those, that's the bifurcation. But, you know, I've tried actually in my career to adopt the whole idea of applied engineering for engineering technology. And boy, I really get knocked down. I get put in my place. And it's like, you can't say that. Because look, the fact is, is in a, in a classic engineering program, they have some application that's going on. But it's not the core of what they do. And so that's what the, the big difference is. Um, and and I, I shouldn't, I even hesitate to say big difference because I actually believe, and many others do, that engineering as an act, as a behavior, as how we uh, execute it is a continuum. And it's a continuum of sophistication from, from what would be more of the technician kind of a, Associate of Science degree programs, all the way up to a research engineer that has an advanced degree, like a PhD or even a postdoc. That's the the range that we have. And for some reason, it's like the only part that counts is the more theoretical end of that spectrum. And I like to use medicine and health as an example of how they've figured it out. There are doctors, there's nurse practitioners, there's RNs. That's the whole health industry. And it's like it's recognized you're part of the health industry. It's like somehow engineering technology shouldn't be compared or you know put in the same box as engineering. And I'm going to be very frank, the way I feel, I think that's absolutely wrong. And it's actually holding this nation back because there's other nations like Germany that have figured this out and they do it extremely well, the way they oh. set up their higher education system. Because I've been there and I've studied it. Yes. Uh, let's see if there's something to learn. So that's a very long answer, but I told you it was a hard question. So. <laughs> yes. And uh, yes, and I've studied the other countries' perspectives on this, and, and you're, I, I do agree with you on that. Um, you're talking about those who are not in academia, you know, prospective students, parents, you know, K through 12 administrators. Um, you know, how do you explain to them, especially in, in, you know, in the process of you know, recruiting and retaining, and particularly underrepresented populations and women, you know, how do you explain to them the advantages of engineering technology? Well, again, I, I think that there, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. If you're, if you're concerned about getting a job, um, our experiences and many other engineering technology programs, we have placement rates that are as good or better than engineering. So number one, you're going to get a job when you're done because they're very, very high, um, you know, placement rates. Ours are in the high 90% of the year. Okay. The second is, is this is a, a bachelor's degree. Okay. If you actually want to go on to graduate school, you easily can. So again, there's, it's the same as an engineering degree. It's a different flavor of engineering. Um, 
the other thing is, is, is the learning experience you will have. Uh, engineering technology is, in the uh, classic sense, is much more laboratory oriented. So the learning that you're engaged in will be different. There is less theory and less sitting in classes learning theory and more about applying the theory. You learn theory, but you apply it. And so the number of laboratory hours that you have are, are double or triple what you would normally have in an engineering program. And so if your learning uh, style is, is more towards that type of learning, you will flourish in this environment. And so your success in getting through the program will be much higher. And so you sell it in, in a way that there's a different way, a different path of getting into the engineering profession. Is this the way that is better for you personally, the way you learn and where your interests lie, or is it the other way? Again, it's not to say that I'm not in any means trying to say that engineering technology is better or that there's something wrong with engineering. That's not my my field, okay, directly. It's the, it's the curriculum in the big sense, but engineering as a discipline, they are doing a lot of good things, obviously. Look at what our nation's able to do. We are very, very technologically advanced, and most of that's being done by engineering. But the path to get there is, is slightly different, and what you can do once you're uh, done with that degree can also vary to a great extent. And so that's how I, I try and explain uh, to prospective students and parents what uh, the differences are, but what also the advantages are. Uh, case in point, you're going to be soon opening up a shared building with the College of Engineering. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. you know, leading up to that, you know, how, um, you know, how did you establish that relationship with the College of Engineering and what are some yeah. of the challenges that, you know, to get to this point? Yeah, so um, I, I worked very, very hard at this. When I became dean um, here at Peru, you know, the engineering and engineering technology tolerated each other, okay? Um, you know, there are some bad things that happened in the past uh, that, uh, you know, and I recognize that. I've been at Purdue for quite a while. I'd been in the, what was then called the College of Technology of quite a while, which is where all of our engineering technology programs are located. And so I went in with a mindset that I'm going to make an attempt to improve the relationship, to try and, and get us to work together. Because I think that um, if we get this right, Purdue University will have a top-notch engineering program and a top-notch engineering technology program on the same campus. And we could claim that we're probably doing this better than anyone else. And, you know, Purdue is like Ohio State. They, they look at rankings. They look at, you know, national recognition. Um, and so I went into it with that mindset. Um, I, I sold that basic premise to the president that came in about six months after I became dean, uh, who's the president right now that's uh, finishing his term, Mitch Daniels. And it really resonated with him. So I, I got the support of the upper administration, and then I started working more directly with engineering. One of the biggest uh, positive outcomes is that the dean of engineering at that time and myself saw that there was a need to improve manufacturing education and, and uh, research and support of manufacturers in the state of Indiana. 
Indiana is a very heavy manufacturing state, just like Ohio mm -hmm. is. And we went to the uh, state legislature going through, you know, the Purdue um, upper administration with an idea. And we called it the Indiana uh, Next Generation Manufacturing Center, NMAC for short. Um, and we, we get two and a half million dollars a year from the state of Indiana um, to do good things when it comes to manufacturing, okay? Uh, yes. We have a lot of um, degrees of freedom and how we use that money. Uh, we have probably educated 80 to 100,000 elementary school students on manufacturing kinds of things. We have, uh, we give out small grants to uh, elementary and high schools so they can create maker lab, makers labs, you know, um, these devices are, are getting, uh, desktop devices are getting very inexpensive. And, and so we've been able to do some very cool things in the K through 12 system to get people interested in manufacturing as a career. Uh, we've also worked with individual manufacturers and we fund projects. They come up with 50% of the funding. We will come up with 50% of the funding and we will help them solve a problem. And in many cases, these are problems that the, the manufacturers just don't have enough time to mm -hmm. uh, dedicate to it. And so there's a partnership that we form. And then we have uh, you know, research that's going on at the same time. And so that's an example of how engineering and engineering technology work together because the things that I just described actually requires that spectrum. It's not just a very near, we couldn't do it all ourselves in engineering technology and engineering couldn't do some of the things that we're doing with manufacturers through engineering. And so what happened is the relationship started to improve. Another Dean of engineering came in, uh, we hit it off immediately. Um, because one of the first things that we did, and this is the credit of the previous dean, is we went to the Lilly Endowment and we went together on uh, funding for a large maker space. Mm. So there's a large maker space here on campus. It's a brand new building, okay? It came online about um, seven years ago. And um, that is... Uh, uh, meant for both engineering and engineering technology students to share and work together in it. But one of the first things that the new dean got to do is do the ribbon cutting with me. And so we kind of hit it off right away that, you know, there's something really cool going on. And and we, we hit it off really well. Um, and that's where, because both engineering and engineering technology programs were just exploding in enrollment. Um, we both went together and said, we need space. We are dying here, okay? We have to do something. And we actually had a little bit of shared space in the building that was like 100 years old here mm -hmm. on campus called Michael Golden Labs. Um, and, and so we went to the university and said, we would like to, you know, go together jointly with a building. And, you know, there's people in upper administration have been around a while and they kind of looked at each other. You, you want to do what? Engineering and engineering technology wanted to actually do a building together. And they actually got excited about it. It's like, wow, this is kind of cool. Let's see what we could do. And so um, we ended up uh, telling them, you know, this is what we need. Here's the enrollment growth. They did space studies, you know, things that you have to do in, in higher ed especially at large campuses that justify what you need. All of it said, yes, these programs need more space. And so what we ended up doing is um, going to Lilly again 
they gave us, gave us $40 million to start this building. And then the university decided they would go big. And it, it, right now it's, it's uh, gonna be the largest academic uh, building on campus. It's about 250,000 square feet. It's a five, five uh, story building with a, a lower level below it. And I just took a tour of it last week. It is, it's gonna open up in January. And it's a beautiful facility. Half the space is dedicated to the engineering tech programs and half the space is for engineering. And so, you know, I think that what you have to do is go in and have a positive attitude, look for opportunities where you both win um, and, and take small steps and, and things will start working, I think, if you do it right. It also helps to have the Lilly Foundation in your home state. <laughs> yeah, it does. I have to admit that they have been very, very generous. But, you know, he and I went together, the, the dean of engineering. Meng Shang is his name, by the way. He's now going to be the president starting January 1. But we went to Lilly Endowment um, with the provost and the president. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were the ones that pitched the idea. We came up with the proposal and the big idea. Um, and uh, they loved it. Okay, they, they love this idea of what we were doing. So. Uh, since you mentioned K through 12 and, and the, the last answer, I, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. if, the, if you're factoring into, um, into, this, um, you know, into this development, the, the polytechnic high schools, I mean, are, are, they, um, are they focused on engineering and engineering technology? Or I mean, what was your goal yeah. or what is your goal with that? Well, it was really the, the STEM disciplines. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, it is engineering engineering technology, computer science, computer technology. Um, that's where a lot of it is. Um, you know, um, if I had to do over again, I'm not sure I would do that. Uh, you know, it, um, I would prefer that there's a little bit more design in it and, and maybe even some art. Um, it might be something we can add a little bit later, but it's been actually highly successful, but the, the focus is on the STEM disciplines. Um, and, and that's why we call it the polytechnic is the whole idea. It's around, you know, technologies um, in general. Um, but those schools, um, like I said, have been very, very successful. They're a partnership with Purdue University. So we give direct admission to uh, graduates of that high school, which here at Purdue is a big deal. It probably is the same at Ohio State. You get tens of thousands of more applicants than you have space, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're unfortunately becoming more of like an elite university, even though we're not trying to. Um, the, the programs are very attractive. And so it's very hard to get in. And so those students that are more on the margins don't, don't get in. Well, these students do, whether they're on the margin or not. Um, we, we give them a direct pathway. So they go uh, to the front of the line, basically, on any program they want at the university. So we have 10 academic colleges. All 10 academic colleges are accepting these students. Now, there's, obviously, there's criteria that they have to meet, mm-hmm. um, but um, they don't have to compete with everyone else. If they meet that baseline criteria, you're in. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's made a big difference, especially in our, our diversity metrics. Okay. 6% of the... Um, uh, black students that Purdue brought in came from you know, the high schools. Okay. All right. Yeah. And that's going to grow um, quite a bit more because uh, we have right now three schools and they only start at, at the freshman year. So it actually takes four years before the school has graduates. And so this uh, coming 
spring, two of the schools will have uh, the full four years, so we'll double the number of graduates. And then the South Bend one uh, will be the fourth year of the following year. And we're going to probably open another school in Indianapolis um, this coming fall. And then we're looking at the cities of Fort Wayne and Gary, Indiana. So that's that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, focusing in on you, know, you have the students now. Uh, you know, the instructors, you know, to teach the students. Mm-hmm. And uh, you yep. know, I led a, a statewide learning community on the uh, engineering technology instructor shortage. Yes. Um, we're starting a survey. Mm-hmm. Actually, the NCATC, uh, Craig McAtee is going to be um, uh, determining. You know, how we can bridge the gap in instructor mm-hmm. salaries. You know, among K through twelve yeah. community colleges and universities. Um, are you having any um, issues with that, or have you been able to bridge the gap between your know, faculty who have strong academic qualifications with those who have yeah. extensive applied industrial experience? Yeah, yeah there, there's a little bit of tension there, but we we don't have uh, problems uh, recruiting faculty. You know, um, the advantage of our engineering technology programs being at the main campus. You know, we're an R1 campus. There's mm-hmm. expectations to engage in research. Uh, we do we do research, okay? It's not um, what I would call uh, theoretical research in most cases, um, but uh, we really have not had a problem recruiting faculty. Now, where the tension lies is in what's the mix between them being a classic academic and their real-world experiences? And so in many cases, we don't hire fresh PhDs. They might be someone that had been a uh, gone out and actually maybe worked in industry first and, and then um, got their PhD a little bit later. Or they might have come from, you know, there's a lot of uh, engineering programs around the country, like, uh, I don't know, Rose Holman, uh, mm-hmm. Worcester Polytech, they're much more applied in nature, you know what I mean? Um, and, and recruiting from those kinds of universities sometimes are helpful. And, and, and also, um, I'm not trying to say we don't hire fresh PhDs, but we also, um, when we do hire fresh PhDs, there are actually ones that have a classic engineering degree, but they, they've experienced the whole research and everything. And it's like, I actually like teaching a lot too, okay? I can do the research, but that's not actually, you know, what really motivated me. I want to do both but I really love teaching. And so you ferret that out through the interview process and find those that really have high regard for teaching and learning. And that's, you know, as you know, even in classic engineering disciplines, they're just great teachers too, okay? Some can, you know, uh, you know have that uh, very, uh, um, they're well-rounded in that they can do both good research and good teaching, okay? And so we really look to them. Now, to answer the question that you really have, one of the things that we've done recently is, is we have created in the Polytechnic a doctor of technology degree, okay? So it's not a classic PhD where you have to go through a, a PhD research project. And, and we're finding and it's a, an explosive program. It's got like 300 uh, students in it, and we take more, but we just don't have enough faculty to be their mentors. But a lot of these want to teach in community colleges or, or smaller universities. Um, and the, the traditional theoretical 
PhD, research-based PhD, it really isn't meeting their needs. And so we created this because we thought that there would be space for that. We also have a lot of people that want that credential that are working in industry. So you end up getting both. So again, to answer your question, we were intentional about this, creating this doctor of technology to help other engineering technology programs that don't require a research-based PhD, okay? Do you encourage uh, externships for faculty? I mean, do they do they go into um, you know companies and 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 have that cyclical relationship where they're bringing in their their knowledge and then they're bringing back to the classroom what they learned in the company? Yeah, you know, we we've tried to do that. We haven't had much success. And uh, if there's one thing I wish I'd spent a little more time on, it would have been that. But you also have to understand that um, it doesn't replace what you just described. But a lot of the research that our faculty are engaged in, it's being funded by companies. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they actually get it through their research, if that makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because they end up working with someone at the company and and they're delivering, you know, some type of of, of product at that point. We also have faculty that um, all of our our programs require a two semester capstone project and we want them to be industry based. So the faculty that actually teach the senior capstone get a lot of interaction with industry because they're, they're working with the companies on these team-based projects. So I guess that we've tried to embed some, some amount of exposure to industry just because of the nature of what we do. But again, that might be unique because of where we're at and what we're doing. Is there a way that manufacturers uh, can become more active partners in this process of, of educating engineers? Uh, yeah. And so, um, you know, that that's where INMAT comes in, but it's also these senior capstone projects. So those are the two ways. Now, we're going to have a third one. With the opening of the new building, we're going to have what's referred to as a learning factory. And this learning factory is where students are actually going to design a product product, and manufacture it. And it's going to be an industry 4.0 project. So we've been working with, uh, you know, all the big names that are in uh, manufacturing uh, 4.0 space, like Rockwell Automation and Microsoft and a few mm-hmm. others, right? And so they're actually going to have two of those experiences, Um in their four-year degree program where they, and, and of course it gets more and more sophisticated um, as they, they go forward, but it's also an integrated class where freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors all work together. So there's all kinds of really neat things that are happening because it's a truly a, a model working industry 4.0 factory uh, that we're building. Um, and uh so we're really excited about that. And that's where industry can also um, get involved because, you know, we figuring out what it is we want to design and manufacture. It'd be kind of fun to work with a company and, and have them working with us. One of the other things we have in this building, we call it uh, um, uh, spaces for companies. Companies, we actually have space reserved for them. A company can come in, they, they get an office, they get a small lab, and then they get a small area for faculty and students, okay, like an office area, okay? And that suite, they can come in and they can have a presence and they can have ongoing projects. And we have four of those places scattered throughout the building. 
And that we intentionally designed that into, uh, this is one of the things that Lily got really excited about. And we're trying to do it with Indiana-based companies right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I mean, that definitely helps to build the culture. Yes, it does. Uh-huh. Yes. So. Um, so last question is, uh, you know, you've been involved in a host of renowned industry-facing programs. If there was one program that you could pick out that you feel has made the, the most positive impact, which one would that be? Um, well, I'm going to, I would actually like to uh, talk about the transformation of the College of Technology into the Polytechnic, okay? Um, this is where we took high, uh, 10 high impact educational practices and we totally transformed the learning experience. So um, I think that is the biggest thing. It helped all of our programs. Um, we have so much interest in our programs and it's partly because of, the, na- of the, the major, but it's also the learning experience. It's so unlike anything that's being offered anywhere on campus and probably in the nation. That has made a big difference. And so we transformed the learning experience and and that has had all kinds of positive impact. One of which is that the rest of the university got interested in this. We ended up with another Lilly Endowment Grant and now there's a big initiative to transform undergraduate education.